Hello. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing, buddy? I am just finding it hilarious that City might be picking right now to drop points, but okay. Wait, are they? Is there a match right now? I just looked at this because I was like, oh, let me pull up the table and refresh my memory. And there seems (laughs) to be a 1-1 in the 83rd minute of Brighton City. Brighton are a damn good team, um, as they showed against us multiple times this season. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I don't. It's like just funny when they drop points now because of how unlikely it is. Yeah. Ah oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess we can just jump into that. And do you want to do a podcast? I, I don't know how I feel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. I think I think it's time to to get some things off my chest. Um. Well, do what no. you wanna? Do you want to? Do you wanna? You wanna rearrange any of these? Sorry, we we do all of our organization and prep work after hitting record. Yeah, <laughs> you might say that's technically not even prep work if you do it during the meeting. But yes, um, <laughs> have you never have you never done the homework as the teachers going around to collect the homework? <laughs> oh, dude, a hundred percent. That's like my life. Why do you think I love doing improv so much? <laughs> No, 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 I'm supposed to have done jack shit for this. You don't get it. It's an art form. I need a word. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, if it's at all funny, you're impressed that I did so little work. Yeah. Now that I've lowered the bar by telling you we haven't rehearsed. um... (laughs) That's like saying, hey, I made dinner for you. But I I kept my eyes closed the entire time. So whatever the food is that I put on the table... I, Maybe uh, it's poisonous. Ingredient. You know what it really is? It's like it's very much like the chopped. Like improv is to comedy as chopped is to cooking. Yeah, <laughs> but that show's not funny at all. <laughs> like, like improv, you know. I feel like I'm the like like defending improv groups is gonna be my lifetime's like uh othered group. Like at what at yeah. some point I'm gonna have to be petitioning for like improv people. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be picketing. That's gonna be my my writers guild thing. I was like, I'm gonna no more improv gets write. done. No more writing. No <laughs> more writing. <laughs> that that is kind of a pro improv uh, situation. Of course, we are talking about the uh, the writers guild uh, currently on strike in Hollywood. If you listen to these episodes in real time, which you should, you're probably aware of it. I wonder, like, would that be, like, a legitimate loophole to the writer's strike is to just put on a bunch of, like, improvised comedy specials? They're like, well, no they're, one wrote it. They're doing a lot of reality TV, which is the improv version of, I guess, other content. It's, like, improv documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Although I find that to be, like so not true like i feel like they should send in the swat team to just burst into the producers meeting for reality tv and like all of you drop the pencils right now i see all of you writing fake bits these are not real things that are happening in the kardashians lives you are scripting this we know it it has been it has been an open secret for years reality television creators are you telling me that when i watch keeping up with the kardashians that that's not just a day in the life In a sense, you're not keeping up with them at all. You're way behind them because they are, they're fooling you, my friend. You're right. I am way behind the Kardashians, but I'm just talking about from a fiscal (laughs) perspective. Fiscal and Uh, and fame. I thought 
I really thought you were going to take that to a butt joke, but okay. You can have it either way. Like, oh, I'll get Yeah, and I got a, I got a bigger ass yeah. than Kim you know Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no one ever sees you from the neck down in this podcast. We but... need to do we need to do a podcast is what it is. We need we need to do some yeah, sort absolutely. of podcast where you can hear our physiques a little better. I think that if you if you were more active on the socials, you know, and it was just like nothing but butt pics, then we'd probably blow up because you well, just gotta. Jeff, if I was more active, a wagon, as they I, say. If I was more active, I'd take more butt pics. <laughs> uh, now, now I feel like you can't be too active. It'll actually screw up your butt, if anything, because like, <laughs> like you need to have the you have the perfect amount. Of like what yoga that doing? doesn't hit the posterior chain too much, and that's how you get like a 2023 grade A butt. Like it used to be the way you did, like you had a perfect butt was you followed the advice in Scary Movie Two, one of my favorite workout videos, where you did your bum busters and you squeeze real tight and then you let loose. Yes, and then you you pretend to have a disability. Take my, take my strong arm, child. Yeah, it does get laughs though, doesn't it? <laughs> even even as I was trying to be woker than you, I still laughed when you did that. Well, it's like raise a hand if that bit from that movie offends you. <laughs> uh, no hand. I don't see any very I don't high. See one. <laughs> nothing above the shoulder. Certainly nothing above the ear. Um, mm. Do you want to talk about something else offensive? Uh, Mm. Hopefully, the offensive output in the final week of the English Premier League season, Jeffrey. Yeah. Hopefully, we get to see some goals. Hopefully. I, that was not a good sure. segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not a great segue. Um, if there's one thing I'm legitimately hopeful about in the Premier League is that Arsenal screwing up this title race. I refuse to say that they bottled it, but it's basically on a technicality. Um, but Arsenal screwing up this title race has led to my wife sharing Arsenal memes with me. Like they're even like being on like her timeline. And honestly, don't tell her. And she doesn't listen to this, but I've seen if she's seen an Arsenal meme before, chances are I've seen it. But every now and then she gets one. I'm like, oh, that's actually funny. But uh, <laughs> you don't want to discourage but, her, though. You don't want to stop her from sharing. Exactly. This like the, the one, the one sort of silver lining of it is that Instagram has now clocked her in the algorithm as a football fan, and so basically, pulling her in or two, we'll be able to watch games together. Although I worry that just like she would be one of those friends that, out of spite, chooses the team that you hate. You know, like my like my best friend from when I was in elementary school. Isn't that school, what you did? <laughs> he just he just chose the team that I hated. <laughs> Mostly, I just chose the team that seemed coolest on Wikipedia. But there was a little element of sticking it to my roommates, like a tiny element. Well, with football, you just started at the beginning of the alphabet, and you were like, "Yeah, that'll do." <laughs> yeah, that's there's so many Arsenal fans that are like, well, yeah, I just I started playing FIFA and that was the first team. and I didn't know any of the other ones. And then I kind of developed a thing. I got hooked before I got to Aston Villa. That's how <laughs> that's how fast <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was. Oh, um, what, timeline. What's your final match of of the season? Match or matches? Do you have one or two? We have one more left, which is weird because I actually just looked at that. and I was like, oh, you guys actually still have to play twice, which is kind of annoying because I'm already in transfer season mode. But yeah, we have Wolves, which is funny because it was a uh, back when people thought this would be when Arsenal were celebrating winning the league. These tickets were going for like two thousand pounds online, and uh, I wonder if there's going to be anybody regretting that decision. Hmm. 
But or or anybody who sold those seats and is now like this paid for a vacation. Yeah. And they're like, and actually, I could buy them back if I wanted for like 150 bucks. Now I might as well <laughs> tack that onto the vacation. <laughs> yeah, easy. So, um, so what are you, are you expecting? A win? Do you think that Arsenal is already in? Like you, do you think they're already in summer mode, and that this might be like a, a little banana peel at the end of the season? What are you thinking? Nothing. Nothing is more deadly than an Arsenal team with absolutely nothing at stake. You know what I mean? Like, if we're playing... People have died? People have died from that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, we we are just absolutely in God mode when there's zero pressure on, when there's no... And, you know, basically, I don't think we can get third place, and I don't think we can get first place anymore, so we're just sort of locked in. Um, I will actually be on a camp out with the Girl Scouts... Um, and I will miss the last game of the season. I won't even watch it. But you probably we hey, probably won't even be bothered by that. Yeah, I'm not. Like originally, well, this is why we lost the league. I believe I've told you this story before, but I was trying the to Girl do Scouts? the math. Yeah, the Girl Scouts of America specifically. Even though I live in London, my kids are like in the expat Girl Scouts because we can't <laughs> even be normal that way. But um, they're in the Girl Scouts of America here, and they had planned this camp out. And Rachel was like, "Oh, you're gonna like take the kids on the camp out," and I was like. Yeah, but um, if we're going to be doing some league winning that weekend, then I might need to be home. And then she's like, yeah, but do you really think? And I'm like, well, we have a pretty good chance. And then like, so everything I said was just like the biggest fucking jinx in the history of Arsenal, which is a lot of jinxes, really. Um, so you're so, the one, though, to be to set the record straight for all of our listeners. Like, yeah, you're the one. I was trying to throw Girl Scouts under the bus, but it's basically me. But it was it was prompted. The catalyst was Girl Scouts. But you jinxed you jinxed Arsenal. If if we didn't have a podcast, maybe you might not even. But I feel like I was pretty careful on the podcast of being like, oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Skyler. We're only eight points up. You know, well, like that. Kinda... L- luckily, we're not a good enough podcast that people are clipping us up and uh, making us eat our words yet. Like we I haven't did... tasted that level of fame. <sighs> That would be that would be a strong flavor. Although every now and then I'm like, you know what? I'm glad that I said something like on the record on this podcast that I can quote later because then it's like I really did say it. I'm not just saying it now because we screwed up. You know, like for instance, one of those things was when we had this big eight point lead that everybody loves to talk about us bottling. I was on record saying, look, they have a game in hand. They also get to play us. Let's be real. We have a two point lead. We're three months out of the season. Like, it's not, we're not crazy ahead right now. Like, this could go either way. Those are all just facts that you stated at that moment in time. You, you, you were truly the definition of objective journalism, Jeff. I am the exact definition of objective journalism. <laughs> no bias. Ever. In, in this day and age, in your, you know, Onion News on the left and Fox News on the right. I it's an I arsenal that. it's an arsenal podcast that really you know takes that fair and balanced line to heart <laughs> that that did kind of happen though do you remember do you remember when the most hard-hitting journalism in the world during like the trump election was coming from teen vogue like do you remember they were just publishing like expose i was like this is like hardcore dystopian now that teen vogue is like this is so like post orwell 
You'd be surprised that I canceled my Teen Vogue subscription years ago and, and missed oh, all really? of that. Yeah, I did too, but they keep coming. You know, they, they <laughs> I love that about magazine subscriptions. They're like, are you sure for five years? Or the best is like, I used to have an apartment where somebody else had a subscription to The New Yorker. And I love The New Yorker, but I can't subscribe to it because it's 50 issues a year. And that's a homework assignment that I will never keep up with. Each one of them takes me like a month to read because I'm not quite smart enough to read the New Yorker. And yeah, but when somebody else is paying for it or not paying for it anymore, probably, and it's just showing up, I don't, I'll let them stack up. You know what I mean? It's a nice little decoration for my coffee table. For three years, Jeff, I spent $39 every quarter for a quarterly weed magazine called Broccoli that would get shipped from like Belgium and I didn't ever read any of them. I just thought that they made me look cool to have them in my bathroom. I do think like having boutique magazines does make you look cool, though. It does. Yeah, it's like having art like... books on your desk. You're like, holy shit. Like, does this person reference fine art books? Yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> you could just intimidate someone to trying to reference it. And they're like, well, as, as Picasso once said, <laughs> this, this meeting's over. This Jeff guy, his job is so intense that sometimes he needs to reference Edvard Munch's The Scream in order to ch- channel that rage yeah. in his work. Yeah, totally. Like, the, uh, the, uh, where would this guy be <laughs> without without Dadaist uh, critiques of Martin Scorsese's uh, Wolf of Wall Street film? All right, I love um, that scene. By the way. Well, so so you're you thinking you're thinking Arsenal is going to be deadly because nothing's on the line. So you're thinking a double win like five to one <laughs> because because it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I, does it even does it matter for wolves? I wonder if that will matter. No, they're safe. So. They're, they're they're safe. Somehow, wolves has been safe despite being kind of trash. I don't understand how they've been safe. <sighs> We've never talked about them as a relegation candidate, but have they ever won a game? I will say this, and like it looks, according they've apparently recently won two. But if you had to vote, they're like the only team this season that I ha- I have no emotional reaction whatsoever for. Like, is there? Has there They're been like the any Kirkland other team brand, that's more boring? Kirkland brand Premier League team. But even Kirkland, I'm like, ooh, Kirkland, they tend to be pretty good. They've got those little pretzels with the peanut butter inside. I'm like, I don't mind a Kirkland every now and then. Don't they even make like a Kirkland Seltz? Seltzer? Are you no. busy? Do you not have enough time to say just, Seltzer? Just take it down to Seltz just to sound a little <laughs> bit cooler. <laughs> You look up from an art book that you had sitting on your desk. You're like, yes. you got any celts? As Pablo Dali once said. <laughs> I love how for you it's an art quotation book, not a book of art. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is, art, this is art for writers who want to sound like fancy assholes. <laughs> it's just, I just don't care about the art. Just the words of the artist. The you know, yeah. general, their thoughts, their diary entries. Yeah. Do they the have rhymes. anything that would look good on a PowerPoint slide? That's what I tend to use these for. I don't look at the art. <laughs> but um, all right. Uh, so your season, we're we're about to, we're about to get to reflecting on the year that was Arsenal edition. Uh, United has Chelsea tomorrow and Fulham uh, on the weekend. We need to get one point out of a possible six points in order to secure fourth place. But with Newcastle's, with Newcastle's draw, 
Uh, if we win out, we would finish in third place, which would be nice. Uh, we will talk. You care? I will. We'll get there with okay. where to where to now where to now yeah. United. But first, Jeff, let's reflect on the most something year that was Arsenal when the points they were counting and title challenges mounting. It seemed like it Ended was good. <laughs> Um, That's improv, bitch. I didn't write that. <laughs> ooh, Wayne Brady, eat your fucking heart out. All right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, it's a lot to take in this year. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those weird football moments where you have to remind yourself of like, you know, going into this, I said we just needed a draw away, and that a point would do, and that's what we got. You know what I mean? Where it's like, but it's kind of like a similar draw that we got that may have been one of the uh, sort of crucial moments in our season where like you go to Anfield, you know, a draw is enough, but then you're up by two nil. So you think that oh, we should win. And I think, I mean, no realistic Arsenal fan was like, Oh yeah, we got to win the league this year. And, but then there was a, there was a real moment where it looked like it could have happened, but then it's really hard to remind yourself like, Oh yeah. The, the point of this season was like, Let's re-sign Ramsdale and Saka. Let's have Martinelli. Let's also re-sign him while we're at it. Let's have all of them make it into like various teams of the season. Let's have Odegaard go into God mode. Let's have, you know what I mean, like Jesus bed down in the team. Let's have Saliba, who is this guy that up until now was like known for French masturbation jokes. Let's have him become the best young center back in the league. Wait, Um, we never talked about any of those jokes, Jeff. I would remember that. Well, they weren't very good jokes. He's more like masturbation trolling, but I think he filmed a teammate in the French locker room and like the under 20 team masturbating and then like posted it on socials or something. And like, that was like one of the things about him where like, yeah, I don't know if we can really stake the rest. Of, like, I think that was like a pretty big reason he got loaned out again next, last year. Cause they're like, uh, we'll give it another year for you. Um, and he was loaned yeah, think- to France, where, in to a club in France where they're very sexually conservative, so that didn't hurt his <laughs> rehabilitation. Yeah, the French are known for uh, their moderation when it comes to all things sexual. Um, <laughs> no, he, but yeah, basically, it was a great year. It just didn't happen in the order that I most wanted it to. But we're back in the Champions League. I think we're back somewhat, just in the money. You know what I mean? Like, right. you look at money that we were not getting for several years now. And I think a team that is run just slightly worse than Arsenal could have gotten dangerously close to the Everton territory. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy to think that you can fall so hard so fast, but it's, it's, it's very possible, especially for a team like us that doesn't have that backstop. If you guys got the same results that you got this year in a different order, would that feel differently? Like, the sort totally. of let's say let's say because the la- it's like the last third of the season it's been it was like last year's arsenal from a points perspective but the first two thirds of the season you guys were like playing like you played like manchester city for two thirds of the season and 2022 arsenal 2021 2022 yeah. arsenal for the th- like if, if that's in reverse and you start the season off feeling like yeah. it's just like last year uh, but then you got like Godmo better at the end of the season and still finished off. Like, let's say you and City both win your final match. Let's you see finish eight points behind them. Yeah. Uh, aren't you? You'd be feeling like so totally optimistic, different. and you'd be feeling totally like right. the world is at your fingertips. And next year, uh, and like that, it'd feel like 
feeling growth instead of feeling like you tripped in the last lap of a multi-lap yeah. race. Well, and I guess that I, like that is a big part of reflecting on this season that I shouldn't forget to sort of talk about is that like, I think, you know, the narrative from everyone is like, oh, he bottled it, he bottled it. And it's like, maybe, but like, I don't even know if this is the correct definition of bottle because I'm an American who just throws these terms around loosely. But like, I believe bottling imply is basically like a treasure. You know right? what I mean? It's like yeah. the pressure was too much for you. You couldn't handle it. And there were probably moments like, you know, Saka bottled a pen against West Ham where we could have had a crucial three points and instead we walked away with one. And that was another game where we were, you know, it was like right at that intense period of the season where we needed it. We didn't get it. But for the most part, I don't I don't feel like this is a team that crumbled under the pressure. I think this is a team that fell apart under the mileage. You know, they, like like we've said many times, it's like yeah. we just don't have 25 players that can do it. And there are teams that do. And we had 11 players that I think, you know, if the Premier League season was an 18 game season or, a, you know, then maybe we would have won the league because we, we would have just we would have been able to go for that long. We would have had it for a sprint, but over that, over that cross country course that we had to run, we this did not season have... has proven that City's two elevens idea is like all of the big money teams are going to do it, and that's what's going to make them impossible to usurp. Like, I know FIFA is not real soccer, but in FIFA. Uh, when you have two games a week and your your players get exhausted, it, like eventually, if you play career mode the right way, you'll end up with two yeah. 11s of first class players, and like that's what City have done in real life, and that's why it worked. They just outlast. It was like a like a marathon. It truly was a marathon, and they just had had the legs for it. They didn't have yeah. to ever really play anyone when they were less than fit. Uh, they had players that were really good players on the bench having to fight their way into a first 11. That ups the level. Like, the expectations are really high over there. As much as I can and we will bitch about City uh, at different points in this podcast, like, it's a great strategy that clearly works. And, yeah. and it's hard, it is hard to beat that. Uh, look at me not yep. making fun of you at all for this. Like, it's, <laughs> there's no Show, point to so it. So much restraint. Well, but no, but yeah. there's no point. There's no point to it. Like, how could you compete with the memes that Rachel's sending me right now? I can't. I can't compete with your <laughs> wife ever, Jeff. And I would never. Oh. I would never try to. Um, but but I also I think part of it is just you got you played like above and beyond your capabilities for the first two thirds of the season. Like yeah, there. How many games did you win by a goal? Or how many I was games say, did you get like a draw like... in the ninety fifth minute? Like now I'm not saying fortunate in a like you guys had nothing to do with it like i saw lots of relentless arsenal attack this year uh so so in a way yeah. like you, you were making your entire season can't be the last five minutes of mighty ducks that's not how <laughs> that's not how <laughs> yeah. real sports work you know what I mean? yeah but that that made a thrilling season and that meant you were getting more points per game oh. than probably the true talent of the team currently is but that great finish is also going to allow you to recruit better this summer in the future like you said you pointed out the money that'll make a difference continuing to buy players that fit this current system and and form of play is is going to reinforce the team it's going to give you greater depth and it's like it yeah it's um i don't necessarily know that arsenal will actually match this performance next year because i think the league is going to get 
so suffocatingly tough with a possibly resurgent Chelsea, Liverpool fixing their midfield, Newcastle being like, hi, we're about to spend $300 million this summer. Uh, City yeah. will... I mean, every every podcast is already calling it. City already w- has won the league next year. I don't know if you knew this. They've already yeah. won it. I mean, it would be interesting to see how many had called it for Liverpool this year, or had at least said it was going to be a two-horse race for them. You know, it's, it's so hard to predict these things. And even if you do have all the money, as Chelsea have proven, that's not all of it. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet any substantial amount of money on anybody finishing anywhere next year because that's how good I am at handicapping this game. But I do, I don't know. It feels like we're building something. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, to go, the only place you can go from second is first. But I wonder if even... That's not true. You can go in the opposite direction Well, right. The only way you can improve on it. Right. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) But I do wonder, I mean, to me, like, if we were able to make a deep run in the Champions League next year, that would be a lot of fun to watch and be very you know, remunerative for the and club. Are you, are you going to go to any of those matches if there's Champions League home I think or I, away? I think it would be very, very difficult to get the tickets away, but that would be an amazing experience. Um, I would love to do that at some point. Like a European away day would be so fun. Even like the one away day that I've had, like proper, I've kind of had two, but the one like proper away day where I sat with the away fans, I mean, it was us losing the league at City and it was still a blast because it was like something I'd always wanted to do. And lose the league. A... <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I do that every year, dude. What are you talking about? I've always um, wanted that. <laughs> yeah, just once. Come on, God. <laughs> Come uh... on, I just want to get stood up at the altar one time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another person saying I do. But no, I... um, I derailed you. It was it was great just to like when you're when you're with the craziest, most hardcore fans and like to do that and to be in like the town square in Prague or something like that would just be incredible. Um so I would love to do that. I don't think that would happen, but I actually think weirdly, especially those early group stage Champions League games, they're pretty reasonably easy to get a ticket for. Um if you want to go not consequential or I think I think that, I mean, I think they'll be harder this year, but like certainly the Europa League games, like those were relatively easy tickets to find. And I think. Yeah, but it's a, you know, the Champions League has a much better song, Jeff. It has a very good song. He's only champions. I actually think that it'll be like sell out with crazy scalpers just for the first one, like kind of because of that. Um. We just want to see a Heineken ad so badly. I know. <laughs> um, but I also think like the like even when you were here last time, like we got to see Arsenal versus PSV, I think it was. And like to me, for and it was like a relatively cheap ticket. To me, that's like a pretty good ratio of cheap ticket to quality game that you get to see, and it's consequential, like it's not a friendly, like it counts. Um, and I think it'll be pretty much every team in the Champions League is sort of a PSV-ish or above level. So, Do you, do you know, are you in second pot for Champions League? Is that is that I something that's been decided? I, I have heard different things with that. It's been evolving. So last I heard, because of Juventus's point deduction, that's going to knock them out of pot two, um, which is interesting. And that would put us into pot two. But before that, I had heard that we need City to lose in the Champions League final 
um, in order for us to get pot two. Either way, I think it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough either way, but I would definitely much rather be in pot two than pot three because you look at every team in pot one and two with bar one or two of them, and you're thinking like, that. these are going to be really good. And By so the way, you don't want to have three of those. I, just some of the topics that have been coming up during this conversation, I've added a bunch of things to the running order in, in the time. Uh-huh. that, we, and, and we have a lot uh, to cover. Uh, so I should probably stop yammering on about my favorite team. No, I mean, that is what the podcast is. Please don't ever stop oh, okay. doing that. Right, continue. <laughs> it's the oxygen we breathe, Jeff. Um, so where to now, United? Uh... <laughs> You're like, but I will, Jace. I think I will do that. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know how I f- feel about this. If I'm doing the equal and opposite version of what you just did for Arsenal. Like, it, it definitely feels better than last year. A lot better. But mm. it feels weird in that this uh takeover situation every, it's like when doctor strange is do, having that like spasm and he's looking at every possible future and he's mm. got to see the one where the only one where they can beat thanos like i'm like Whoa, like jumping around with my feelings on oh we have eric ten hog oh but if we have if we continue to have shitty ownership, he'll leave from not being backed and he'll go to some big club and we will have forfeited the best manager we've had in many years. Uh, or it's like, blah, 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 and then, and then I see the future where Qatar uh, actually acquires us in two days. I've heard there's a chance that they'll announce the preferred bidder in wow. two days. Uh, and that would definitely mean good things for the footballing side of the pitch comparative to the Glazers. But then it'd be like, Oh man, suck doing this podcast <laughs> it would mm. be really unfun to be like hey so the thing that i love is supported by evil pure evil <laughs> a, a, a cgi generated owner who who might not really exist so it, it, it feels weird it feels like it feels uncomfortable no matter what I, i'm not sure i see a future of me being a fan that it, like has no concerns about this club or football in general. Like I just, it feels like yeah. a, a, do, a reflection of the I world. If I do the little spasm, I do not see even one version of future football where there's not a single ethical concern involved. I think there will definitely be a few. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, the game's gone. Uh, it game's it gone. feels like it's, it's a little bit the like more emotional version of saying game's gone. It's like, I think the game is gone. And like, uh, I'm like, it, it gets me uh, a little bummed out about it. And it's like, yeah, we'll keep watching, but it'll feel just a little bit more hollow from like how it felt for like our first decades of, of fandom. Yeah, uh, like it, it, so it that's feels... probably ignorance is bliss, too. You know, we're just less. <laughs> yeah. I would love to feel some bliss again. <laughs> I would love, yeah. I would love to just, just some ignorance would be fine with me. All right. Well, this next topic is even sort of related no! to that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to skip the rest of it that quickly? Yeah, you because, because it relates. You? Why, why, oh, okay. why, why am I bummed out? Like, So City uh, has won the league. Uh, they are 75-25. I just I don't know how to do odds. They have 75% chance, I think, of winning the FA Cup final against us in mm. uh, two weeks' time. And they're probably going to win the Champions League final, winning a treble. Like it's, I'm, I'm hearing sort of the the rationalization portion of the of the pro, seven steps of grieving or whatever, where it's like, yeah, 
we're all like, yeah, City's gonna win a treble, but it won't be as pretty as the real treble that like didn't have like a state-sponsored uh, injection of funding and uh, financial crime, but but they'll have one, and like that kind of sucks. That like maybe takes away like the last yeah. little bit of in my day. Like I, United will be like a a second-class club. Oh, I don't probably know. you can still have a preponderance of stuff that they don't have. Like you still have a bunch of you know, like you we have, have the ethical trouble. It's titles. like the egot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, don't you guys still just have many more titles than them over the long haul? Even if they have five recently, yes. Uh, and they're gonna probably add to it next year, and probably the year after that, and pro- like. Yeah. I, like, tell me, it's like Pep Guardiola getting bored is really the only thing that I think disrupts them continuing to hungry, hungry hippos up all the silverware. Like, they, they'll they replace a, a Riyad Mahrez over the summer, or they'll replace... They'll, they only have yeah. to replace one-off players every window, and then it's like, maybe we get this Alvarez guy, or, like, they're gonna be just fine, unfortunately. Um, mm. And, like, that, it's them just grabbing a treble kind of quiet like we didn't talk about this all season long this was not a fear all season long because they never really came close before and now mm. they've now they've like the death star is fully operational and like we live on alderaan uh, is that not is that not something that united fans were talking about all year cuz i feel like arsenal fans every time no because going unbeaten which lately has been like almost every year there's like a point where they're like oh thank god like someone beat liverpool no we were thinking we were thinking you were gonna win the league for a good chunk of the year and we were also not assuming that they would be even make it to the semifinals of the champions league because like yeah because that's also not something that they do right and now they're gonna go beat it's like it looks like uh mike tyson against jake paul in the champions league final Mm -hmm. like that's what it looks like and city is mike tyson and jake paul is a teabag and it could be mike tyson against that guy that mike tyson lost to it's not Inter Milan is Inter Milan is like Screech from Saved by the Bell against Mike They're in Tyson. Good form. They're in very good form, and and they'll survive if they are saved by the bell. Combining both the show he was on and a boxing metaphor. Into... Was it Buster Douglas that beat Mike Tyson? Yes, he did. Nineteen ninety. Wow, that sounds Look like a silent. Knowledge. That sounds like a silent era film actor. Buster Douglas really does not sound like a guy who should have been able to box Mike Tyson. Like everyone else was named Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, and they had like modern sounding names. I'm imagining like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. (laughs) He's like standing over like a woman holding a new baby, and she's like, This is your son. Uh, And he's like, Mm. What's his name? And she goes, I was thinking we'd call him Buster. I think you are mixing your cannons, but yes, I like it. <laughs> no, I'm just, goes, I was. I'll I'm, be a mother boy. I'm gonna beat up Mike Tyson. <laughs> I wasn't combined. I was just painting a picture using the character from Pulp Fiction as my visual for a hmm. boxer naming his son, like like a, a generational thing. It's gonna be like we're gonna name you Buster. Like that's why it sounds like you have a 1904 name in the year 2023. Do you think that Buster Douglas at least started out fighting with his hands looking like, like a Notre Dame? Irish? Yeah, like yeah, a Notre exactly. Dame icon. Like a Notre Dame mascot rather than like a modern boxer. And they were like, no, come on, son. 
do you think this week do you think that someday the the mascot renaming that has happened with all of the native american college mascots will eventually be like so notre dame so uh drunk violent irish catholics Mm -hmm. are your mascot or little irish yeah uh leprechauns i think I I do wonder if they'll get rid of the leprechaun itself. <laughs> but you the know, fight in like, Irish is like also bad. Also, I mean, is that about the that. Irish Civil War? Like you know, nor- Northern it, and Southern Ireland? That's a good question. I actually thought it was more about because like there is a weird history in Ireland of like people being so bored that they would just like fight like a hundred guys versus a hundred guys. That's and not so a good I could stereotype, see, right? But I could see how you'd want to harness some of that if you were starting a team full of Catholic football players who, let's be honest, at least 50-50 Irish. I don't think the football team is all Catholic. I think the football team tries to win. Do you think that they're doing like, well, did he take his first communion if we're going to recruit him? Not now, but I think when they like started it and were good you know like they i guess in a weird way they were probably like our country's version of like the celtic rangers thing where like they actually because i think that it was probably kind of tough to get into like ivy league schools if you weren't a wasp and so like notre dame was like that. that's true that's fair and then jeff you have checked my privilege and i appreciate mm. that about you but i do like how do the actual irish feel about it i feel like there's there's so <laughs> the real food. ones yeah, like not the American Irish that are like, well, my great great grandfather went to a bar once when he was visiting yeah. Dublin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was on a Carnival cruise line. <laughs> it was ten years ago. Belfast, ever heard of it? Um, um, all right. So, do you have any thoughts on City? On like, are they going to just win forever? Because I, I just gave you a, a, a bit of a, a speech about it. What do you think? It's so hard to bet against them, right? Because they, they are just a juggernaut. But it's like, it's the same as Liverpool last season. Like, there's always moments where it will inexplicably fall apart. No one is good forever. Even the people that, I always forget which ones they are. So I don't want to like which, like which corrupt oil state it is. They're Emirat. No, they're not Emiratis. They're... Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. Which is Dubai. Abu Dhabi? Hey, listen, Um, I'm not the one who's traveled around the world for his whole life. (laughs) So (laughs) I have not been to that region very much. Um, I would like to. I'd love to go there. But I do think that, like, is there any point where even, like, these people start losing interest? Or, like, and I really think that maybe we've just touched the tip of the iceberg with it. Maybe this is slightly. I think there will will always be political soccer power. So it'll always be worth owning. Maybe, but I just think you're inviting more scrutiny. Like, I, I'm not sure if sports washing works anymore. Like, or at least not the way that it once did. Like, I don't think it works as well as it did for Hitler at the Olympics or for the guy that I'm blanking on who is like is it the, the internet in Argentina. I think a little inter- bit. Yeah. And I think, like, everyone reports on it differently. And also, like, it's a little, like... We both work in advertising that comes up on the podcast sometimes, but I don't know if I would recommend to my clients like, oh, you should be the shirt sponsor of XYZ team because it's like, well, yeah, because that, that's fine for the people that like that team. But like for everyone else who buys beer or cars or whatever it is, they're like, oh, you I know, I don't. never I never woke up from like a dream of about United and instantly went out to buy like a Kohler dishwasher sort of fixture set or anything. 
Never, I've never gotten the official toilet of Manchester United installed in my house. I've never visited Rwanda. That's all I sleep. <laughs> that was the one thing they asked you to do. <laughs> yeah, it's right there in the. It's just, it's just a call to action right on the. Um, but you know what's weird is like, I, like even when they make the old shirts, or even when you buy like a new shirt, like it looks so strange without the shirt sponsor on it that like in a weird way, and like even like my kids before they could read. They would see someone like, uh, you know, Real Madrid or I'm trying to remember which Italian club it is. But there's a bunch of clubs that have the Fly Emirates thing on the front of their shirt. And they, to the untrained eye, kind of look like an Arsenal jersey. And like they sort of, I don't know, I, I probably do have like a weirdly positive opinion of Emirates for that exact reason. Because they just have branded the shit out of everything Arsenal. So have but you like, talked yourself into a circle? No, no, no. But like the other 19 Premier League teams worth of teams probably hate that. You know what I mean? Or like, right. Like, would you ever fly Etihad? Well, I mean, if I had to go to that part of the world for work for whatever reason, which, you know, not trying to. um, And then I had a bunch of airlines in front of me and there was one I recognized from a soccer jersey. That would probably be be the one that I would choose just from having heard the name enough times that that's a security blanket of sorts. Yeah. I hear that. I'm not, but, but what, but if this but. isn't truly a sports washing operation, if it is just think of it as the owners of city get to be in rooms with powerful people that they weren't getting to be in rooms with 15, 20 yeah. years ago. And yeah, that, that will always have a value Washing. what if they're yeah. not competing for our influence over us what if yeah. they're competing for over, over influence of just the people at the top of the food chain what if you've got you know the glazers have probably met with trump a number of times i bet you that only happens because they're important and there's a lot of money associated with what they do and they have like a lot of attention with the thing that they own like i bet you that gets a meeting booked yeah yeah there's a there's a certain truth to that It does. It gets at an even bigger issue that I think is really interesting. Where it's like, you look at the books of these clubs, which I try to do as little as possible. But there are people on Twitter who do, and I skim those. And it looks like basically none of them are ever making money. But then the the value, it's kind of like the stock market, where like there can be a bunch of companies that seem to be floundering and like not actually turning a profit. But then quarter after quarter, their stock price keeps going up. And it's like we went from not that long ago. The going rate for an absolutely blue chip, like a Manchester United or a Dallas Cowboys type of team, was like a billion. And then now it's it was a hypothetical out. number. It wasn't even right. an, an actual number. When is it ever going to be sold? And then when it actually did get sold, the answer was six billion, maybe. You know, like like was that for the, the Broncos? Um, I mean, even like recently, the Washington Commanders have been sold. And that was always one of the most valuable franchises in the world at about a billion. And they were being sold under duress, like legal duress for like the guy, if he doesn't sell it, it's a kind of a fire sale situation. And he made billions in profit. Like he sold it for 3 billion, I think. And so there's an interesting thing for me with this is just like on some level, it's, it's actually a pretty good investment, even if the underlying business sucks, because as long as people are going to be willing to pay more for it, you get you know your money I mean? back like, or more. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's like, all right, fine. Like I'll lose money on this, have a bunch of fun. I'll get, I'll take a bunch of pictures with Joe Biden and stuff like that. And then 
you know, at the end of this thing, I just cash it in for triple what I paid. Jeff, let's buy Manchester United together. We could get to meet Chris Pine, probably. I bet you that we could meet Chris Pine. I bet you Chris Pratt would be interested. Uh, A third Chris. Angel. Um, Chris Angel would definitely. Chris Angel would definitely. He would just appear in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) And disappear. That's the sad thing about Chris Angel. How do you feel about, you know, given that we're... Uh, a few days left in the season. How do you feel about this year's relegation battle? Uh, like, who do you think's going down? Because it's still kind of up in the air. So I want to hear it's what you think's going to happen. up in the air. But it's basically, barring a few mathematical almost impossibilities, it seems like we know that it's going to be Southampton, which I would have never seen coming they were supposed to be the most well-run club with just like a never-ending, you know, funnel of amazing talent coming through the youth ranks. And they they were like far and away the worst team in the league this year, which is pretty shocking. Um, I really Wait, thought we're talking about Burn- Southampton? Yeah. Because you could thought- also have said the same thing about Leicester. <laughs> well, I mean, and then Leicester's another one where it's like they just won the league and it seems very likely that they could go down. Everton, you know, are just hanging in. And then Leeds are almost definitely going down um, because of their goal difference. So, whew. and I'm trying to remember, uh, Leicester play last game of the season. Look, uh, They play West Ham, which is interesting because West Ham just played Leeds. So they're the ones that get to play sort of spoiler for all these teams. West Ham themselves, barely safe. I've been talking with, I have a lot of West Ham friends for some reason. And, uh, the idea that they could have been playing in the Europa League while also being relegated from the Premier League next season and being in the championship was something that I thought would have been like really interesting, if not fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, it, 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 once again, it feels crazy to say, but it's like it's between Everton and Leicester, and neither one of those te- teams seem possible for them to go down. These are both teams that within recent history people have talked about as big six. You know, because that big six moniker is always a little bit free-floating as to who's in it. Spurs, you know, you got to have the room for Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Not this season. No, no, you're right. I, in terms of trying to figure out what's going to happen, though, considering Everton's last match of the season is, is against a, a Bournemouth that has been, other, other than the fact right. that they've got three straight losses, uh, has actually been really good of late. Um, oh, are you saying in form they're, they're good? Because yeah, like they have the second worst goal difference in the league. I'm looking at that. Oh, no, no, I know. But like, because they started out atrociously and, and they were at one point either like in, in the, rele- they were in the relegation zone for much of the season. And then what, who was their they new? They did hammer leads recently. They, they just improved a lot. Like even when we played yeah. them, like they were very sturdy against us. Like we won recently really? based on it was a casemiro like miracle goal that i sent you he like oh, right. it went through traffic got headed on by a defender and casemiro was like cool 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 like bicycle kick <laughs> i'll just do stuff that people my age aren't supposed to be able to do <laughs> pretty they did much beat Tot- uh, they did beat tottenham which is pretty funny that was only like a month ago but but so so in, in that case i feel like bournemouth is gonna give everton a match and then Leicester against West Ham, who I know they're just above Bournemouth in the table. 
I don't know. I feel like West Ham are going to like save up all of their uh, energy for this final. Yeah, that's that would be logical. But also, I feel like, you know, even the last game, they really didn't need to come out quite at full strength. Like they were already more or less safe and they did. And they had the semifinal then. And so I think, I don't know. I think that they're going to come out guns blazing. And this this probably will be the last time, because is it a home game? I want to say this is the last time that Declan Rice gets to play in front of the home fans. But do you did you an, happen to catch any of the it was the Leicester Newcastle draw? Nil nil draw. Drawl? They're nil nil drawl, y'all. Southern drawl it was. Uh did no, I didn't catch, catch any the of that. Draw? So it was it was pretty crazy. At one point, Bruno Gamarish uh headed the ball from about one inch away from the goal directly into the post he, he it was so close to the goal that he basically headed the ball directly on the post and like i was kind of worried for him for a second um but that's how close they were to winning and they couldn't do it and that i don't know i i loved seeing newcastle not win because they've been kind of annoyingly good lately yeah. uh and now that there's just a glimmer of hope that we could win out and and grab third. I know there's no difference between third and fourth anymore from a Champions League perspective. Uh, right. There's no more... Like, fourth, you used to have we a qualifier. don't get that extra round anymore, right? Yeah. Which is sometimes, like, you're going away to Estonia or whatever, and you don't want to do that. So... Right. It kind of doesn't matter. We just need this one point left. I don't... I'm, we're, this, I'm no longer talking about relegation. Now I'm talking about us. What is wrong with me? All right, so who do I think is going well, down... I think I think I think Leicester will beat West Ham, and I think Everton mm-hmm. will go down. I just I, I I saw a lot of spirit in them drawing away at Newcastle. That was where my rant began. Uh, so I watched that draw, and it was it was hard fought. And I think if they can defend anywhere near as competently, like because Leicester's defense has been shit this year, like they. Yeah. They still generate a bunch of chances and are a very difficult team uh, to attacking on the counterattack. So, like, I, I think Leicester could do it. I think it would be crazy to jump yeah. someone that is two points ahead of you on the last day of the season, but I think they could do it. Could happen. I Yeah. I mean, I'm already kind of looking at it from the opposite perspective, too, where I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, eh, Vardy, too old. Yuri Tielemans, we were supposed to get him last summer, maybe. Nacho, maybe. Indeedy, maybe, you know, like, is there anyone that jumps into your mind? Like, if you're going to start picking these carcasses as, like, somebody you'd want to get? Me? No. <laughs> Nobody jumps in? No. Nope. I mean, Calvert-Lewin? I mean, maybe Indeedy, just because we, ha- we have no backup for Casemiro, but isn't he kind of limited outside of tackling? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like he was a name that was, like, Really hot, whack like two years ago. Really hot, yeah. Alex Iwobi, should he come back to the Arsenal? James Garner for you. I don't give a fuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, James Madison's gonna go to a better club, but I don't really see the room for him at my club or yours. Yeah. He'd be displacing an important player either way. Yeah. So, although, I mean, like you said, though, it becomes a depth game where it's like. 
Yeah, but I don't we'll, know. how we'll, do you reach that? Number who who that wants to sit times? half the season though? Like yeah. that that you'd be like, oh, is Odegaard gonna ride the bench for a few weeks? I don't think he'd want to. Uh, yeah. You've also got your Emil Smith Rose pecking around on the sideline, so like it feels like I don't even know if you need another like attacking creative midfielder. It feels like you've got a bunch of those. Uh, I think we will absolutely go after one. For for one, Reese Nelson is probably gone, or at least if he's not, he's a free agent. So it's like he's the same as us signing someone else in a way where it's like mm-hmm. we have to get someone. Um, and I don't think that they're. I don't. I I don't think we had enough depth. I think Saka and Martinelli basically played until their legs fell off, and then they like more or less have now. And I think Smith Rowe has been a bit shaky after the injury. I, I I'm not ready to write him off by any means yet, but I don't know if he'll ever go back to what he was. You know, Jesus is getting older and coming off an injury, so I don't know. I Vieira is not what we expected him to be exactly, although maybe he will pan out. So I don't you just know. Thought, you just thought Vieira playing at Arsenal, what could go wrong? <laughs> Yeah. Um this is a good segue though, Jeff, into transfer stuff. So are you do you already hear stuff? Are you are you are your feelers in the Arsenal dark web yes. finding um, anything or my my ITKs, my in the nose. Um I think I mean I'm hearing the same thing everybody else is, but I'm hearing that Shock is gone. He's going out to Leverkusen, which is interesting because I think he would I it's probably the right move based on his age, based on his value, blah, blah, blah. But we're not getting a whole lot for him. And we have Champions League to play next year. So I'm like, why don't we just, you know what I mean? Like we can and have use you heard a the rumor? midfielder. Have you heard the rumor on who his replacement would be? Uh, Declan Rice or Caicedo or what rumor you were talking about? I heard Gundogan. Oh, yeah, him as well. Which is like... He's the same age like, as the player he'd be replacing. He's older. But yeah, it's like... Wait, Xhaka? How old is Xhaka? I thought he's 32. I want to say Xhaka's 31 and Gundy, But it's like, you know, same-ish. But it's like, yeah. if anything, we're going slightly in the wrong direction here, you know? Um, but then again, there's a little part of me where it's like, I think the money ball thing is something that's so well-known now, where it's like, you can't just go out and buy the best... It's, it's not like what Arsene Wenger used to do that... Like, what? Like he sold all of his 27 year olds and bought all the best new 22 year olds and they're good again. That's so weird. And I don't think you can do that anymore. I think that there's too much competition for the, you know, now Mudrick costs a hundred mil. So I don't know, like maybe the way that you do it is you go out and you get a few Jorginho's and you get a few Leandro Trossard. Oh, we didn't bring up a minute ago. We were talking about the forwards. He actually is. He's been chef's kiss. Leandro Trossard, but he is a, a work of Trossard. <laughs> he is but i i do wonder if that if that i think it'll be a mix for us this year where we have some of the younger up-and-coming players but also some like 29 year olds you wouldn't have expected and maybe even a gun to one what about you so, guys what are you hearing dude it's back to the dr strange metaphor of yeah. like we could have harry kane on the last day of the window and a backup goalie and nothing else Uh, You say Harry Kane as an example of an underwhelming signing at this point? Yeah, because they'll get someone. They'll get they'll get like some name to appease the stock market shares. They want because every time they do Mm. stuff, the the publicly listed company that is Manchester United goes up or down. Uh, Just like how the shares have been going down as the Glazers have been dicking around uh, with the fourth round of bids in a three round process. (laughs) Right. Um. But yeah, so anyway, 
it's it's like almost a shit thing for me to list transfers as like something we can talk about because I don't know like if if Qatar uh, ends up being the winner, you got to imagine that they would extend some sort of line of credit to the team and not just forfeit the whole summer window because that would be that wouldn't be that would that wouldn't be what they would want so i would imagine sure. that there'd be some sure. sort of like we'll tell you who to buy you buy it on credit and we'll pay it off immediately kind of thing um but if it's uh sir jim and then the glazers are staying and it's like still sort of looked at as more of like a cash cow then i don't know man this this if that happens ten hag will probably leave within 12 months of that happening which would be a bummer that would be crazy. Because you imagine this team would f- plummet without him. We would free fall. We would be I in mean, Chelsea's place with less talent. Yeah, maybe. The other crazy thing to sort of consider with your team is just like, like, in some ways it felt like you guys were like this up and like plucky up and coming team at moments this year. Thank you. But... No, like I, I mean, I mean it as a compliment. Where it was like, oh, like there was this surge. Like there was a moment, which I always thought was a little optimistic, but like where some United fans were thinking, like we might have a chance to win the league this year, you know. And that moment quickly faded. But we did, we think, did have a chance. Everything had to be perfect, and nothing ever goes right. perfect. But like now, I look, I'm like, I mean, Casemiro. Speaking of 32 year old midfielders, he's gonna be a 32 year old midfielder next year. And like, there's some of that. Like it's. I think that's like one of the few optimistic things that you can say as an Arsenal fan now is like, well, whatever we did this year, we did it as the youngest team in the league. Whereas you guys were like sort of decidedly like the age where you're supposed to be winning already, you know? And like, Oh, that's harsh. As if we could control our own ages, Jeff, that's so ageist (laughs) of you. You could control your winning a bit, but well, not us. I've tried. I've tried my best. Um, I try but, so hard whenever we're playing. I'm like really focused on us winning. Dude, this this transfer window is like a metaphor for just the earth that it is occurring on. Where it's like <laughs> I see a lot of possible futures, man, and nah, only a few of them good. are good, and those are pretty creative ones that nah. I invent <laughs> for myself. Um, so I'm I, let's let's just uh, remember this as I'm slightly less optimistic than you. Yeah. Uh, I don't even have names I can say, oh, we're going to get him because we can't get anyone while this, like, surgery is happening to our team. That sucks. So, all right. Um, some good some good Arsenal-related, American-related news that we are 2,000 late on because we have not done a podcast in two weeks. But, Jeff, do you want to whip this one out? It's your, I think it's your, it's your sauce to share. You also don't know how to pronounce his first name with any sort of confidence. Because I do Balogun. 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 Fullerin Balogun. Fullerin Balogun um, is a United States of American. He I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. By the way, is that mm-hmm. every man? Like, that's it? <laughs> That's all you're fighting for the rights of? <laughs> Fight for the rights of every man is how it should have been pronounced. You know, of every, every one. Sort of, every all right, anyway. So he is 21 years old. He is he a striker is. on Arsenal's books, but currently on loan. Is it for... Is he 21 or is he 20? I, I thought, thought he's like 21. 
Anyway, I thought he was like turning 20. He could be 21. Um, he scored 20 goals in France this year, which equals the highest that an American has ever scored in a top five league. He's going to be 22 in a month. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Um, he's one of those players a little bit like speaking of relegation sides where it's like on some level, I still think that Theo Walcott is 22, even though he's got he's our um, age. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he is like old enough to be my grandfather. And like on some level, I'm like ah, that Walcott fella. Um, but yeah, he, well, I think, what do you know I think about he's going to be huge for following him again. What do you, for, what and, do you know? What do you know about him as, as an Arsenal prospect? I know that there was a point when Arteta came in and both him and Enketia had sort of been like, I don't know, they'd been like the sort of name that you would know even if you weren't following the youth team day in, day out. And they just kind of hadn't quite made the jump. And the thought was like, all right, it's time to move them on. Like, get 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 something for them. And then Arteta said no for both of them. And then I think... You know, Eddie had some really nice moments for us this year, but apparently he's ahead in the pecking order. He's also a bit older than Father Rambalian. And so when he went off to France, it felt a little like, I don't know, Stad Rem or Rhyme. What, I don't know how even how to say it. Like, it didn't feel like, oh, like he's he's really coming through. He's in the pipeline. Like it wasn't you know, he didn't it go, compared he didn't go to Leon or Monaco. Right, right. Or even like. You know, like when, when we had Saliba last year, like he was out at uh, Marseille and it's like, these are like big teams in France. But I think that is still a concern in the sense that like he's had this great season, but it's not a season where he's playing anything like how Arsenal would play. And now he doesn't get to just go back and try to do that again. Like he, he will very likely be in a totally different team setup next year where maybe his skills have the chance to shine, or maybe they don't, or maybe it's a league that suits him, or maybe it doesn't. Is he but more target forward? Is he more like pace forward? Is he more he, like he's got a lot of pace? He's got he's he, he is a fox in the box, and he also has a lot of pace. He loves to play on the break, and so I think I think he'd be the perfect striker for us to have when we're playing teams that are better than us. Like if we had had him at the World Cup, I think that would have been really neat because he if we were going to sort of like recover the he ball, make a half try to boot it up field, like he will like get the ball, you know, on his shoulder as he's sprinting past his defender. And then he will make a chance out of nothing. And I don't know. I think, I think he's very good. Um, I do wonder if he will ever have a place in Arsenal's team just because we play so much differently than that. I think right. it would be really interesting. The one that I am like tantalized by is him and going to replace um, Ivor and Tony at Brentford. And cause I think That'd that's a pretty cool. That's a team that really plays that way. It makes sense on other levels too. Like he's a London boy. He could move home. You know, I don't know. I, I, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think if he were able to do that and he were able to go, even if he just went and scored 10 premier league goals next year, like that would be a good little thing for team USA to have in their arsenal is a double digit well, striker. Well, I mean, 20 goals in the French League. I know that the French League's offense is a little, at times, uh, inflated compared to, like, the equivalent Premier League. But, like, that's 20 league goals. That's not, like, 20 yeah. in all competitions. Like, right. he was there one was of the no best scorers in the league. Rhyme or Rems or whatever they are. He, 
I I know whenever equal, like, seen, Messi and Neymar and Mbappe and those guys like besting someone. I thought, I yeah, I thought he had scored more goals than either of them. But then again, they're all on the same team and they have way more assists. Like they're they're yeah creating goals for everybody. But I. I'm super excited about him just because I don't think we've ever had a striker of his quality ever, including like the strikers that are Yeah, well, the argument is that he's not like a pure striker. He never really got, he had like one good goal scoring year for Fulham, I think. Yeah. Uh, And then other than that, like he was was a little bit more of a, he's like a second, second striker type, like the, the, with more Mm. withdrawn forward. Um, but I, but ba- Balogun is like a threat. Like I think he will score a lot of goals for this national team. Like I think he could break the national team goal scoring record that's held by hmm. Donovan. Is it? Yeah, I was gonna Donovan's say, isn't it? Donovan? Yeah, I, it like, does I think seem especially... like at some point a center forward should break that thing that's held by a center mid. Well, I mean, he was he was a lot of different things, right? He was just. Sure. Pacey, pacey dribbler guy um but that'll be it'll, it'll be exciting he's not gonna i think be in the next tournament for the united states which is either the gold cup or the nation's league or some bullshit he's not gonna be in that but by the time there's a new head coach uh he should be getting put pulled into the program by the way last which i kind of thought i really thought that would be the reason we don't get him because if i'm him and i have to make this one-time switch that i only get to do once in my life why in the world would I do it if I don't like? What if they hire Ronald McDonald? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Wait, it's a crazy Ronald McDonald from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> He's in the hunt. He's a. He's got I connections mean, I think the, now. the program. So the program did just hire some dude from Southampton, maybe. Hmm. Uh, to run, he's like the new director of football for the United States. He replaced Ernie Stewart. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that guy, he's essentially the one who is picking and affecting the player pool, I'm guessing. Mm. Uh, and it was like, bro, if you sign for the United States, I think we're going to build this around you. Like, cause, and he could probably think very confidently, like, yeah, they, they would have to build it around me. So he knows right. that he'll be, he'll be the one on the end of every cross and chance for this team in, in national team yeah. important moments. Uh, who would be a good coach for him? I think you'll be surprised who my current preference is. Okay. Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira is who I think would be. Choice. So I, I thought Vieira did a great job working with sort of middling talent in MLS when he was NYCFC's manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think he did pretty well when he went to France. And then it's only been just like the brutality of the Premier League. And Palace just has a weird squad, man. Like, yeah. I, I, and I know I, I have. He was pretty good with Palace, too. There were moments where first, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you get, you're firing him now? Like, okay. At first, like, he was really good for them. I feel like it's just, it's just tough to have like squads that don't get like boosts of new promising talent. It's tough to just trot out the same thing yeah. that wasn't working for the last guy. Um, but but I think he'd be good, especially because I think he's a big personality. I think everyone in the national team would, like, ha- you'd listen to him, right? Like, yeah. 
Klinsman had that initially, but then Klinsman wasn't like making good decisions. Um, but yeah, I think he I think he'd be great, and I and I prefer him to someone who's got like a very inflexible system, like like a Jesse Marsh or what's his face Jim Curtin at the Philadelphia Union. Like I don't I don't know that I trust them to be able to take on like a lot of diverse tactical setups. Yeah, Vera I think has seen it all, and I I I know that makes me a little bit of like one of those anti-American. Uh, U.S. men's national team guys, but like, it, we're yeah. never we're never gonna get a Jose Mourinho. A we're, never, we're never gonna get like Pep Guardiola to manage us. So like, it's be realistic. Who could you get? He's available right now. I think the job would pay well. I think he would like the World Cup aspect of get. He's guaranteed a World Cup. Whoever this next head coach is, we're qualified. Yeah. You're going to the World Cup with this squad. And if you could present him like a young Arsenal striker as like the fulcrum of that team, I bet it works. Yeah, there's something to that. I I don't know. Is his name in the conversation at all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's been mentioned. It's been bandied about. I bandied don't get to say about. bandied. Uh, yeah, I only it's when say you it when you write concept. it down on a band aid and you just write it real yeah. small on a band aid and you show someone your band aided finger. It's a band-aided about. You band-aided it about. Um, you know, it's interesting you say that, but like Jose Mourinho, he's getting a bit longer in the tooth. He's a guy that I think his style would work. Well, and I use the word style very loosely, but his style of play I think would work really well at the national level where it's like, Defense and counterattack. Yeah, and it's like you're trying, especially for a team like the U.S., where it's like you're so much of it is like you're trying to limit mistakes. You're trying because it's such a small sample size you're playing with. I mean, those games in the World Cup this year, you could set your watch to like boring first half. Now it's getting a little more interesting. Oh, now three different goals are going to happen between these two teams in the last 20 minutes of the game, and I think that that kind of suits him. I don't know. Um, and there's a little part of me where I'm like, if you're Mourinho, maybe that's an interesting move for you to go to the U.S. during well, why, this World well, why Cup. Why wouldn't and he go to Portugal? Why wouldn't he manage Portugal's team? Because they're going to have arguably more talent than us, and he's Portuguese, and they would all respect the shit out of him, seeing as he's like a Portuguese legend. Whereas yeah. he comes here, and he gives some of his like throwing you under the bus tough love to like our players after we lose a match or something like I don't know that he respects I I've seen a quote where he said some nice things about our national team but I don't believe that he respects the players on it I don't believe he respects anyone I think deep down he says things that will help him win you know what I mean and like sometimes or, those are things and sometimes they are not or sometimes or, yeah. he he does that and it doesn't work and then he just kills his victim yeah there's that too all right, mm, Jeff, this has been right. a fun penultimate pod. I guess we'll do one more to just do our, what, like, end of season wrap-up. I know today was, like, the foreplay to this that. This is the beginning of the end. It is. That's what I call foreplay, is the beginning of the end. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good one to end on. Uh, I'm sorry, Rachel. Uh, all right, Jeff, I love you, and I will talk to you for the next one next week. Love ya.